Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello, my name is Rob McFarlane and I'm the pastor of River Church. The title of my sermon today is Growing in Faith. Let's read 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3 from the English Standard Version of the Bible. We ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Here we see the church in Thessalonica being commended for their growing faith. For our faith to keep growing, it must experience four things. Faith must be inspired by God's word. Faith must be confessed with the mouth. Faith must be worked out in action. And faith must be tested by trials. We're going to look at these four things together. So number one, faith must be inspired by God's word. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 in the New International Version says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes and grows when we understand God's will. This happens as we hear God's word and we discover what his will, his purpose, and his plan for our lives is. If we don't know what his will is through his word, then our faith is resting on our feelings or what we can see or our past experiences. But when our faith is based on the truth of his word, his great and precious promises, it's on a firm foundation. When there's a faith deficit in our lives, it's the result of a word or Bible deficit in our lives. If we increase our time in the word of God and we meditate on his word, then our faith will begin to grow and increase. Let me give you an example from my life. In my first year of ministry, I was involved in an itinerant ministry. I was traveling around Southern Africa and each night, almost, I was sleeping in a different bed, constantly on the move. And during this time as a young man, I lost my inner peace. So what I did is I got promises in the Bible concerning the peace of God and God's peace as a promise to us. And I began to meditate upon them. I thought about them. I mused over them. I memorized them, and as I spent time in his word and in his promises concerning peace, I began to experience his peace in my life. That peace that passes understanding. And there's so many wonderful promises about peace in the Bible. Whatever you are facing as a challenge in your life, I encourage you to do what I did. Get Bible promises concerning that area and begin to build your faith. As you begin to recognize and realize 
God's plan, his purpose, his will for your life, and you begin to feed on those promises related to that particular subject or experience, you will grow in your faith. So we've seen, number one, that faith is inspired by God's word. Number two, faith must be confessed. The Greek word that is translated confess or confession means to say the same as. It's a verb. It's a, it's a doing word. It's an action that we need to take. And the Bible is very clear that if we want to experience God's abundant life, we need to say the same thing from our mouth that God says in his word. Confession of faith is making the words of our mouth agree with the written promises in God's word. Now faith is clearly, according to the Bible, believing in our heart and speaking with our mouths. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13 from the English Standard Version of the Bible. It says, Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Now we must understand that a requirement for salvation is that we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths. This is how we receive his salvation provided by his grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10 verse 8 to 10 says this in the English Standard Version. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Believing in our heart and speaking with our mouth, our confession, saying the same thing that God says about us over our lives or the circumstances in our lives or the loved ones that God has entrusted with us is faith. Believing and speaking. Years ago, I was diagnosed with bowel cancer. And my immediate response, as soon as I got home after that diagnosis, was to get promises from the Bible on healing. And I confessed those over my life three times a day as if I was taking medicine. Now, yes, I had surgery and radiotherapy, but I believe that I recovered quicker than expected because I was spending time meditating on and speaking God's word over my life. I want to encourage you, whatever you're facing today, we need to fill our hearts with God's word, believe in God's word, but we also need to speak it out of our mouths. It's important that our words line up with the promises that we see in the Bible. That is part of faith. So number two, we've seen that faith must be confessed. 
We need to speak out our faith with our mouths, through our words, into and over our lives. Number three, faith must be worked out in action. Faith that is confessed with the mouth must be backed up with appropriate actions. Faith without corresponding actions, the Bible says, is dead. And for our faith to be alive and active, for our faith to be full of the vital life that God wants it to, to, us to express and to live in, we need to follow up what we believe and what we say with our actions. Let's look at selected verses in James chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 14, verse 17 and verse 26, reading from the English Standard Version. Verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Verse 17. So also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. And then verse 26. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. We need to act on God's word in order to receive the benefit of the promises. We read his promises, we meditate on his promises, we begin to speak those out of our mouths, but we also need to take the appropriate actions in order to get the promise, the fulfillment of his promise, to get the change or the benefit in our lives. Perhaps it's to live a certain way. Maybe it's to give. Maybe it's to forgive. And we need to understand for every one of God's promises, there's also a condition. And we need to meet the condition in order to receive the promise. And that action, whatever it might be, is so important. It's one thing to hear God's word. It's an entirely different thing to put it into practice. James chapter 1, verse 22 and 25, reading from the English Standard Version says, in verse 22, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Notice, the only person who will be deceived is yourself. And verse 25, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If we put God's word into practice in our lives by faith, as an act of faith, then we will be blessed in doing that. So faith must be acted upon. We've seen that faith must be worked out in our actions. And finally, number four. Faith must be tested by trials. We've seen that faith must be confessed with the mouth. It must be worked out in action. And now we come to the fourth step. This is the one we usually do not like to face. Nevertheless, it cannot be avoided. Our faith must be tested. Someone once said, that faith that has not been tested 
cannot be trusted. Let's look at two portions of scripture together. The first is James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4, reading from the English Standard Version. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith, notice that, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Our faith will be tested. And we can rejoice in the testing of our faith because the testing of our faith produces steadfastness and maturity in our lives. The second verse I want us to look at is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, again reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. It says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that, what's the purpose of these trials? So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We see in these verses a metaphor painted, a a picture painted, a comparison, an analogy between the testing of our faith and the refining of gold. Gold is purified through intense heat to remove the impurities. In the same way, our faith is proved genuine as it's tested through tests and trials and temptations. It's important for us to recognize that when trouble comes into our lives, it's an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. Faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. Jesus was baptized in Luke chapter 3, and a voice from heaven proclaimed, the Father spoke out in an audible voice, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Then in Luke chapter 4, Jesus was tempted by the devil. And in those temptations, the devil says, if you are the Son of God, I want to encourage you today that when God gives you a word, perhaps a prophetic word or a word of encouragement through the scriptures, it will be tested. What has God said to you? Well, tests, trials and temptations are sure to follow. But God wants you to overcome the test so that you receive the crown of life, so that you grow in your faith, so that your faith tested through the intensity of the tests, the trials, and the temptations, is proved genuine. So today we've seen, for our faith to keep growing, it must experience four things. It must be inspired by God's word. Our faith must be confessed with our mouths. Faith must be worked out in actions. And faith must be tested by trials. Let's pray. And as we do, let's ask the Holy Spirit to show us what he wants us to do as a result of what we've heard in today's sermon. What adjustments do we need to make? Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you want us to have a precious faith and you want us to grow in our faith.
And thank you that faith comes by hearing your word. Faith begins where your will is known. Thank you, Lord, that faith is something that we need to speak with our mouths, something that we need to put into practice. And faith will be tested through tests and trials. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to speak your promises over our lives. I ask that you would help us, Lord, to put your word into practice. And Lord, when we face tests and trials, help us to stay true to your word, to stay on course and not go to the left or the right, but to stay faithful so that your faith can be developed in us of greater worth than gold. We ask these things. Holy Spirit, please speak to us and show us what adjustments you want us to make in our lives, whether it's the words that come from our mouths or whether it's the actions that we take or whether it's to stay steady through the test and trial. Speak to us now, Holy Spirit, we ask. We thank you for this today. In Jesus' name, amen. As we close, I would like to speak the blessing over you from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you. God bless you. The best is yet to come. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.